Hi, and welcome to episode 182 of No Crying in Baseball, the Take Us Out to the Ball Game episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey, we can make that past tense now. We we took us out to the ball game. We took ourselves out to the ball game. We were out at the ball game today. I am so overstimmed. I had the best yeah. time, but I feel like I've been hit by a truck. I was out in the sun. There were people around us at a safe distance, and I yelled and screamed, which is why I sound like this. It didn't take long for me to pretty much lose my voice. I mean, I tried singing at the at the stretch, and I think I sounded a little creaky. There was a lot of singing, though. Like We got to sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game, uh, Country Boy, the old Orioles classic. That's right. And I had fun with those two, but they, they got short shrift because for some unforeseen, ungod, I don't know why, all of a yeah. sudden, like, God bless America is back at the seventh inning stretch and it doesn't belong there. I'm sorry. It's a lovely song. The The girl who sang it, she was like a teenager, right? She was 13. It was crazy. It was kids opening day and she was amazing. So good. So good. And yet I was like, this is not the song for now. Yeah. That right now it's the excited we're back at the ballpark song, please. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah I thought it was I was just gonna say it was funny you were starting to say that some for some ungodly reason that they sang God bless America. But I think <laughs> it would be a godly reason that they sang it. But yeah, she could have done country boy really, really nicely, I think. I think so too. Or take me out to the freaking ball game. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's not how it goes. <laughs> but meanwhile, what a game. So we saw oh my the, this killer game between the Red Sox and the Orioles, and and it was nice that they took turns. So you know the Orioles swept the Red Sox at Fenway Park opening weekend, which was rough, and then you know the Red Sox came came over here and did the same thing, and so we just watched Game Three of the sweep, where the Red Sox won fourteen to nine, right? That's and at right. one point, at one point it was ten to one, and and still. I have the nerves because between just, you know, life of a Red Sox fan and watching CPBL, I was like, no, 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 no lead is safe. And and then there were a couple of multi-run homers on the part of the uh, the Orioles to just to shake me up a little bit. But there was so much screaming involved. I think I've got a little bit, uh, a little scream voice too. You, you screamed a lot. I was you, screaming. <laughs> I mean, I clearly screamed a lot, but you, you really, so I just yeah. want to tell you, dear listeners, that it's a hoot to go to a ball game with potty mouth because she's so invested in everything. It's a little bit less of a hoot when you're on opposing sides of the game because potty mouth is very dedicated to her team. <laughs> Although it was sort of like the never a dull moment though. You know, we just kind of kept going. There was always somebody to be screaming for. And there were also sort of selected things, you know, and, and I couldn't, scream against any of the Orioles. I really like those guys. They are a lovely team. They're nice they're good guys. Boys. They're good I had guys, to yep. stand up for Trey Mancini with everybody else. They're, they're good guys. And there are a couple of, you know, Red Sox that I shut my mouth for <clears throat> uh, because I can't cheer for them, but the ones that I could cheer yeah. for, yeah, I had a lot to cheer about. We are, we are not booers, but there were a few things right. that we sort of said under our breath to each other so as not mm-hmm. to inflict our personal opinions about the, um, the, legal situations <laughs> and, yeah. the, and the, I don't know, the, the personality that not the personality, but the, the moral centers. 
mm-hmm. of some players, we sort of kept that among amongst ourselves so as not to inflict that upon people sitting in, in their own pods, several seats and rows away from us. Yeah. And the chairs were zip tied, which was brilliant. So you could only sit in your seat because the ones all around them were all tied up. So that was great. And, you know, for me being a potty mouth at a baseball game, the first check is always, all right, where are the toddlers? And there weren't any, I didn't see any in our section. You know, you had more relief in your voice when you noted there were no toddlers around than you did when J.D. <laughs> Martinez hit three freaking home runs. Oh, that was so good. There were so many home runs. So J.D. got three and Rafael Devers got two, which was sweet and very good for Mr. Potty Mouse's uh, fantasy team. But the cool thing about J.D. that I – well, there are a couple cool things. One is we didn't know until right before the game that he was going to be in it. So I'm so glad that he played because he had been pulled to um, get tested for COVID, which came back negative, but they had to do it like a couple of times. And it was because he had some sniffles yesterday morning or something. I'm going to chalk it up to allergies, but he definitely looked like he was doing well. Turns out that he is the first player in MLB history to have an extra base hit in every one of the first eight games of the season. And he has 12 of them. That's fantastic. Yeah. Wow, yeah, if only he had stopped it, just like the one extra base hit, I would have been okay with that. But it was it was so much fun. Like every once in a while on the way there, we'd say, oh, my God, we're going to a ball game. And yeah. while we were there, we're like, oh, my God, we're actually in a ballpark. And it just felt really good. And it didn't rain. It was a perfect day. It was like yeah. 72 and like sunny, white, fluffy clouds. It was gorgeous. And I'm going to go back Tuesday night with a with a podcast friend of ours, Chris from from Turner Pair, and um, it's going to be like 48 degrees because it's a night game and it's still April, so I'll be in like a parka. Oh wow! So this that's that's right after this episode drops. So yes. keep an eye on social media, folks. You might see something from the uh, Turner Pair Chris account as well as No Crying in Baseball. I want you guys to take some pictures. You know we will. You know we will. Hey, on today's show. We're not just going to tell you about our, our day at the ballpark, but we could go on for a while <laughs> until our voices give out completely. But we want to wrap up the conversation about the all-star game because a location has been selected. We're going to tell you about our current boyfriends and, and what they are up to. We've got a brief COVID report. Our police blotter is extensive. We've got bad calls, tacos, Bowers balls, and more in our police blotter. <laughs> We've got some girls baseball, we've got some international baseball, and we've got the report on the Fantasy Boyfriend Baseball League. You need a hot toddy. Oh my God, maybe. Your voice, you need need a hot toddy. I am, I'm drinking a a Georgia Avenue peach sour right now from Denizens, Mm. which I figure it's a fruit, right? It's like having a fruit juice, so there's got to be some vitamin C or something, but yeah, I do. I just, I need whiskey, I need honey, I need, yeah. Yeah, that the, the lime in my margarita, that's good. That must be why I'm starting to feel better. Yep. I think that's it. I think that is it. Hey, there's no draft beer at the ballpark. Right. So thankfully, they had a good selection of canned local brews, but we kind of missed the, the draft beer. But anyway, okay. So let's talk about the All-Star Game briefly. So as you know, uh, Rob Manfred clearly listens to the show and believed <laughs> our very convincing rant that that the all-star game should be pulled from Atlanta. And since our last episode, it was awarded to Denver, to Coors Field, right? To the home of the Rockies. And we had submitted that we thought that Baltimore or Milwaukee would be good places um, because of racial justice, because of recent events, things like that. But you know what? Coors Field does make sense once you know a little bit more about it. One of the 
the, the biggest factor is they, they had put their hat in the ring for a future all-star game. So they had already submitted proposals for all the facilities, the programming, the hotel, all the things that go around, all the logistics around putting on an all-star game. And MLB had, had done site visits several times already as they were evaluating that proposal. So they had done the legwork ahead of time. And they got commitments for from the governor of Colorado and from the mayor of Denver to support this gigantic project, which now has to be done in you know a couple of months instead of the several years of planning that it normally takes. So that makes sense. Um, if you hear crap from wingnuts saying, "Yeah, but um, you know, voting in Colorado, neener neener, not so good," just say this to them: They mail ballots to every registered voter, and if that doesn't shut them up, they're not really paying attention. Mm-hmm. My favorite feedback about all this is from Charlie Blackman, and he, who said a couple of things. One is that the home run derby, which everybody's talking about right now because, you know, hitters park, right? Crisfield super hitters park. He says, you know what? They should take the balls out of the, um, the humidor, right? And let people just go crazy and basically just hit moon balls all day long. Because how fun would that be? How really fun, right? Yeah. And the, the best, um, the most convincing argument is one that he also made, which is um, talking about how great Coors Field is. It's got to be on the short list of cities to drink a beer outside. Not Coors, preferably and, though. Well, you know what? <laughs> we would not. But it, to, yeah. you know what? They are the sponsor of a ballpark. And so give them credit for putting money in a good place this time. All right. This but, time. but hashtag free the baseballs. Free the free, balls. Free the balls. Free the yeah. balls for sure. Get Absolutely. Out of there. Hey, tell us a nice story. Nice story. So I was thinking, you know, y'all probably have heard enough about Joe Musgrove's no-hitter. And then I thought, you know, either it's our Padres friends listening who, you know, you probably can't hear enough about it. Even if it's the same story, you want to hear it over and over. And if it's not a Padres person, maybe you don't know all the details. So I think it's worth it going into it. And my my biggest, you know, happy from this, well, outside of for you know, P- Padres Nation and all, was my fantasy team <laughs> and my waking up Saturday morning to see that my my fantasy pitcher had thrown a no-hitter. That was pretty cool. We talked about him because he's uh, on my fantasy team and we pick boyfriends in the offseason if you haven't paid attention to us in a while. And we talk about why they're so special. And then we pick a flock of pitchers. And so I did a little bit less talking about him, but in episode 179, I gave some Joe Musgrove details, including the fact that he, you know, when he was traded back, traded to the Padres from the Pirates, that it was like a coming home thing. And that was, of course, you know, the big feel good story of this no no for a guy to be going back to his hometown team, the team that he followed growing up. His dad even was a lifelong Padres fan. And he's actually the only the sixth pitcher to throw a no-hitter for their hometown team, for the place that they're from. So that's special. It was in Texas, so Padres fans didn't see it live, but it was the first Padres no-hitter. And that, of course, is the huge thing about it, that they were the only team left in MLB. And last year, with all the Grand Slam things, there was a little bit of a, ah, we don't need to be in the no-hitter club. We, we're in this you know new Grand Slam record club. But now the Padres franchise finally has their no-hitter. And I adore their announcer, Don Orsillo, because, well, not because, but he came over from the Red Sox from Nesson, who were stupid as 
fuck to get rid of him. He's just an amazing announcer and he's got such a great chemistry out there. But his call of the play is worth listening to. And he ended it with saying that the Friar faithful are in a frenzy. And of course, I can't say it nearly as well as he can, but it's it's worth checking out that call. One thing that I could, I don't know, sympathize, relate with Joe Musgrove, and I think it's hysterical, is he had to pee. Like, he had to pee like crazy for most of the outing. I could see how you could relate to this. <laughs> yes, totally. Like, as a teacher who has very little control during the more normal school day of when I can use the bathroom, it's sort of like come accustomed to that sensation, <laughs> except for I don't do what he did, which is drink a shit ton of water before, you know, you're going to, well, I mean, he didn't know that he was going to be throwing a no hitter. I guess that was it. He, maybe he thought he would just pee between innings, but he wasn't feeling great before the game. Strangely enough, drank like 12 little bottles of water. And by the fourth inning said that he <laughs> felt like he was about to pop, but he knew he was throwing a no hitter and you don't fuck with anything. Right. So you just keep going. I don't know how, I mean, maybe that like inspired him to get the pitches across faster. Like, I don't know, like, just keep going. His other funny, you know, just pitcher superstitious thing is I didn't know this before every game on his towel, he lies out nine sticks of gum, what? one for each inning. Yeah. Really? And then, yeah, apparently this is it. so, so they say on the internet and then the internet after has everything. <laughs> Absolutely. And so after he completes each inning, he chews that piece of gum. Now, here's the, the part where I'm wondering how he gets this by COVID protocols. He puts the chewed gum back on the towel. So uh, at the end, of, this is the first time that he had nine little lumps of chewed gum, which was, oh. I guess, <laughs> you know, a thing. But uh, oh. it just doesn't sound like, yeah, somehow he got away with it. I didn't realize also that his 44 is to honor Jake Peavy, who I adored from the 2013 championship Red Sox. And he is famous for having bought a duck boat after the parade. They have the duck boat parade in Boston. And he liked the duck boat so much he bought one. So honoring Jake Peavy duck boat guy, I just like, you know, looking for those little connections between me and my boyfriends. He began the ninth inning, and this was the, like, do we put him back in at over 100 pitches, 103. And after Tim Melville that we talked about in the CPVL last week, who went in the ninth inning on 126 pitches, I was like, Pasha, really? Pasha. Yeah. <laughs> Check out this stuff. But still, that's, I mean, you know, pushing the limits. Absolutely. Other notable stat on the, on the no-hitter is that it was caught by Victor Caratini, who also has recently come over to the the Padres from the Cubs with with you Darvish? They came as a package deal, and he's uh, the first catcher to catch consecutive no hitters for two different teams. Because the last no hitter that happened, he caught, and it was with the Cubs with Alec, Alec Mills. And by the way, I. I promised Mr. Pottymouth that I would say this. So I was talking to Mr. Pottymouth about this and being like, Caratini, and I think he might even have Caratini on his team. I think he was excited about that. And isn't that cool that he that he caught two consecutive no-hitters? And he's like, well, you know, Jason Veritek caught four no-hitters. And so I'm mentioning that just for Mr. Pottymouth. You are, you're welcome. And also, it happens to be Jason Veritek's birthday. 
So that's a little bizarre. And from the Red Sox, for those of you who don't know Jason Veritek. Uh, another cool thing about Joe Musgrove, though, he hasn't hit up, let up a hit yet. His last outing before this one. A hit or a run? Uh, uh, oh, whoops, a run. Yeah, hit. Definitely no, let up a hit. Game, yes. But prior to that, maybe some. Yeah. Prior to that, had not <laughs> let up a run because last weekend he did six scoreless innings. Looking into his Twitter feed is a worthwhile experience. He's also a super nice guy. And I'm sad that I didn't notice this when I first talked about like why I picked Padres pitching. But he has done work with this group called the Challenge Athletes Foundation. And there's this amazing young man from Southern California who is born with no hands or feet and ended up playing baseball anyway. And somehow Joe Musgrove, I think, knew the guy who's making a documentary about this kid and got involved with helping this kid train for his high school team, like actually helping him with, yeah, with his baseball. I think he's, he's not a pitcher. I think he's a second base, but still pretty cool. And, uh, and Stone Brewing tweeted at Joe Musgrove after it with some sort of offer saying you like IPAs. And he says he's a big fan I'm a big fan too. And, you know, you're always looking for the baseball boyfriend you want to have a beer with. So I would totally have a stone brewing IPA with Joe Musgrove. I think he's going to have a bunch in his future. And then the, just the final thing that I found on Twitter, Sully baseball, who I just sort of randomly follow at five twenty-five that afternoon. And this is still Pacific time. So it was before the game tweeted that Joe Musgrove was going to have a no hitter that night. And now everybody's like, oh, what's going to happen next week? Like, <laughs> timey-wimey, clearly you know everything, yeah. So that's pretty cool. I think I just got to start tweeting random predictions and seeing if something sticks. One, one of them's going to hit. Eventually, yeah. one of them is going to hit. So I see your Joe Musgrove, and I raise you the entire Cleveland pitching squad. I'm so excited for Joe Musgrove. Honestly, this yeah. is not a neener neener thing at all. It just happens to be that I want to talk about Cleveland pitching. Oh, they're cool. The Joe Musgrove was amazing. Um, so Cleveland pitching uh, is my squad for my fantasy team. And I just thought it important to tell you because um, the Cleveland baseball team thought it was important to tell me that Cleveland pitching currently leads all teams with a 0.177 opponent's batting average. Holy shit. People are not hitting off of my Cleveland boys. And I love that. And um, Shane Bieber has 24 Ks in two starts. So he is number one in strikeouts. And that is like the only place in the fantasy team where I have significant <laughs> points right there. But I do want to tell you about Logan Allen because he's another one of my Cleveland pitchers. And I didn't really profile him when we talked about our squads. And The Athletic just did this beautiful article on him and his family that just came out a few days ago called Brother Protector. Logan's older brother, Philip, had traumatic brain injury as a small child, can't walk or talk in a wheelchair, sees only out of the corner of his eyes. He can't see straight forward. He sees, sees, like, sees vague shapes, but if he turns his head, he can kind of see um, a little bit better. The things that make him the happiest, things that make him laugh are hearing swear words. <laughs> oh, he should hang out with me. Right? So if, if like, he's having a bad day, like Logan will like, lean over and just go, shit into his ear and he'll just crack up. And, oh, that's awesome. and, you know, with his pitcher brother, he likes the word strike. That makes him very happy. So Logan, um, so he's the middle brother. Logan's the middle brother. And the younger brother is the one he said is sort of the enforcer who like is like the bodyguard for Philip. But Logan 
has tattoos that are all focused on his brother. Um, they used to go on beach vacations as a family. And so he has um, like palm trees and Philip's beach wheelchair. And if you've never seen one of these, my late husband used one of these a couple of times and they're amazing. They have these big giant inflatable wheels so that you can maneuver over the sand and they allow folks who ordinarily wouldn't be able to maneuver on the sand to get out there on the beach with the rest of the family. And so he's got a tattoo of this. That's he's so also cool. got a tattoo that says what handicap and a tattoo that says brother's protector. Uh. He made what, um, what handicap t-shirts, which he sees as the beginning of a foundation to work on disability rights and awareness and all of that. But that specific t-shirt benefits the miracle league, which actually relates to what you were just talking about. Um, the miracle league provides opportunities across North America for more than 200,000 children and young adults with disabilities to play baseball. Oh, so cool. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just sort of blew past Logan when I was like going through my, my list of guys and I find out that he is like the boyfriend of all of them. He is like the, the, the pick the, he, he should be like the, the star boyfriend of that squad for me. And he absolutely is now. So it's fate. It's fate that brought us with these guys. So That's right. Like, like the, it's nice when the more you learn about them, the, uh, the cooler they get. That's right. The more you like them. Yeah. I'm hoping that that works out with a few more boyfriends. And, you know, I'm looking, I'm just looking for how, trying to keep up with how they're doing, obviously on the field, but, you know, anything more boyfriendy that makes them kind of special. Well, Nolan Arenado, I'm, I'm still waiting for that, like, extra, extracurricular activity, uh, big bright light, but he's doing pretty well for my fantasy yeah. league on the Cardinals. And, his second year home run of the year was on opening day in St. Louis and the crowd went nuts. And it's worth just seeing that clip for him to come back out as a curtain call. And just the the, the excitement around St. Louis about how well he fits. And we, we've talked about the Cardinal way before. And Mike, I'm going to say it wrong, Mike Schilt, right? The manager uh, talked about how it's a match made in baseball heaven. It's just the cutest like post-game interview and that he just fits right in. And it seems to be like that's how the the long time the old timers, you know, Yadi and Wayno are also saying that Nolan fits right in. So I'm happy with the pick. Uh would like to see some whoa, there was just some lightning out yeah. there. I'm sorry, I just like got this big flash in the window. Yes. Yeah, no, I, it's pretty exciting when a guy who has been so associated with a particular team for so long finds a new home that feels like a new home and not like, yeah. oh, here's where he went after that place where he was so important. It's like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm here now and this is my place and this is my team. I'm also thinking, say, Bryce Harper and Michael A. Taylor, for instance. So, <laughs> yep, yep, yeah. I wonder how, uh, the, I'm sure he'll be in the All Star game. And for him to be going home in an all-star game in a different wow. uniform. Yeah. Mm. Another guy that I keeping one eye on, Jesus Aguilar, did something that does not live up to the name of being Jesus. And he, in when they were playing the Mets, pickpocketed Dominic Smith. And he was sort of like bending over it. And my he guy. just Dominic's my guy. What's oh. happening to my guy? Uh -oh. Well, he got something lifted, which I, you know, I, I think it's, it's one of those cute, just playing around kind of things, but um, it could have been, you know, I don't know, sign card, you know, sign interpreting the signs, something like that. I think it was all in good fun. And I actually missed one of these same pickpock things that happened between 
Williams Astudio, who's is that your current current boyfriend or last year's? Last year, I get a moment last, year. last year's, and he pickpocketed a, a Xander Bogarts, who we saw today. <laughs> yeah, so the same we've got thing. boyfriends that are criminals, is what you're saying. Y- y- yeah, <laughs> I, don't, I, 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 I say jokesters, jokesters. pranksters. There you go. Yeah, they look for the prankster thing. Absolutely. Yeah, and uh, and my last thing is um, just huge. I the, the the thing that's making me the happiest about the Red Sox this year is Kike Hernandez. And I like today every time he came up, I think those were like my my hugest screams and he is a former boyfriend so he's not currently on my roster but i i kind of look back at him as my best baseball boyfriend pick and he's really shining on the red Sox. and when he got his first home run it was the first time i saw this he does sort of like one of those i don't know wiggles it's like a butt wiggle it's a is twist it a shimmy is it a shimmy I, I don't know. I think shoulders are more of a shimmy thing. Oh, this yeah. It's okay, definitely okay. in the hips. It's okay. yeah, maybe wiggle isn't the right word, but he's got a hip swivel. Hip swivel? That oh, could be okay. it. Swivel. Yeah. And, swivel. and we saw it today once. And then I kept cheering for it again. I was like, come on, shake it, shake it, Kike. But no. Yeah. And, and I guy. was sitting next to you while you were doing that. And, and I was like, okay, everybody pay attention to us because we're yelling <laughs> to make Kike do things that we probably shouldn't say out loud. <laughs> <laughs> no toddlers, no toddlers, no toddlers. That's fine. No, it, it is. It, Kiki's another one of those guys who was associated mm-hmm. with the team for so long. And you think when he goes somewhere else, okay, he just went somewhere else and whatever. But now he's home. He, it it yeah. looks like he, he fits in beautifully. Well, also, did I mention last week that Alex Cora has known him since he was 10 years old? I know I said it out loud yeah, before. Yeah. That could have been it's it's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so um, speaking of where Kike used to be, Will Smith is uh, my boyfriend from the Dodgers. And I wanted to single him out this week because of super sexy defense. Unfortunately, it was largely against my nationals. You know, he threw out two runners in one game and that would be Juan Soto and Victor Robles. And so that made me sad and yet happy because Will Smith is fantastic. And so I'm glad he's on my fantasy team. I really don't like my team playing against him. But interestingly, I talked about him in the profile about using um, the Fresh Prince theme song as his walk-up music. It turns out he didn't come up with that. Russell Martin, another former boyfriend of mine, you know, catcher with the Dodgers, made him do it. He didn't know what to use. He was one of those guys who used to use a country song. And he's like, I don't know. I don't Uh know. And so he was going to have the DJ just pick something out. And Russell Martin said, oh, no, no, no. You are now the Fresh Prince. Well done. But he has since picked a new song. So this year, this season, he's no longer using the Fresh Prince. He's using, well, the first game, at least he used um, Drake's Nice for What as his walk-up. And like I said, he's doing pretty well. So that might be a keeper. This also gives me a moment to talk about the uh, the World Series rings that the Dodgers awarded at their, their home opener against the Nationals. And, mm-hmm. you know, the rings are your, I, I want to say basic in that, they're gigantic and diamond encrusted and have special, you know, symbols on them like others do. But it came in this giant box. And so I was listening to the, the Nationals feed when I was watching the game. And our guys were like, what, did they get shoes? What the heck's in a box that big? And then later on, one of them said, it's a movie. There's a movie in the box. When you open the box, it shows video of their highlights of the season. When you Welcome open to it. Hollywood. It's like a music wow. box, but for movies. So welcome to freaking Hollywood. Um, let's go to Chicago for a second. Oh, my God. Speaking of the former Dodgers again. So my former Dodger boyfriend, Jack Peterson, who now plays for the Cubs, right? So 
this is actually about my current Cubs boyfriend, Ian Happ, but Jack Peterson fe features in it. The first thing I want to tell you is that Ian Happ ranted the way we rant, which makes him even more of my boyfriend. Um, on their podcast, they actually did a video, um, the podcast we mentioned before, um, The Compound, he totally ranted on blackouts, on MLB blackouts. Yep. My own mother, who pays for MLB TV, couldn't watch opening weekend. I can't remember where she was, but I mean, Columbus, Ohio, or something, but got totally blacked out, couldn't even see her own son play freaking baseball. And he went on for a while about how the hell are you going to grow the game if you don't give mm -hmm. people access to watching these games on TV or anywhere, on streaming or, or whatever. And it was a very good rant. I was very proud that he's my boyfriend because we've said all of those things before. Maybe he listens. I don't know. But he's also responsible for there being a waffle maker in the dugout. And this is where Jack Peterson came in. When Jack Peterson hit a home run, they presented him with the team waffle maker. And basically it's because Ian Happ and Jack spoke on the phone like the night before this game. And the quote is, Happ says, yeah, I'm bringing the waffle maker. You know, you're going to waffle some balls. Ian Happ, <laughs> you know, explained later, you know, when you hit a home run, that's called waffling the ball, which I'd never heard of. But then again, I don't play professional baseball. So what do I know? So they brought the waffle maker and that's now their thing. I mean, I think dancing in the dugout is a little bit cooler, but, but passing along a waffle maker to the guy who hits the home run because they've waffled the ball is in fact pretty funny and I'm okay with it. And I'm thinking he makes coffee, right? Coffee goes well with waffles. That's it's, a coffee and waffles the in the dugout. Yeah. You know, I got to change. I got I like that, that Ian Happ makes me coffee t-shirt. I think maybe I need the Ian Happ also makes me waffles or something. I don't know. Get it printed on the back. Just on the back. Yeah. Okay, yeah, obvious right. shirts. And waffles it. too. Yeah. And waffles too. Obvious shirts. I need you. Okay. Um, brief foray into uh, the COVID report this week because it's actually kind of interesting. We learned some things, some of which I don't want to know. One is, okay, so testing this past week, they had one more player who's on a major league roster and one player from an, an alternate site and two staff test positive again, very small, but still continuing. But the interesting thing about the COVID list that I just learned, if you get placed on the COVID list, it's not just because you've tested positive. It may be because you've been in close contact and contact tracing has, you know, named you and therefore you're on this list. But also guys who are getting vaccinated, like the rest of us, some of them are getting side effects that prevent them from playing. Or in like JD's, uh, JD Martinez's uh, experience, had symptoms that could be, you know, that are very COVID-like. So all of those people get put on the COVID list. The thing about if it's just symptoms that then turn out to not be COVID or it's side effects, which for some people, if you have them at all, last a day. Other people, it could last for a couple of days. It's not like the 10-day IL. You're not required to stay on that list. You can be there for a couple of days, but free up space for somebody else to, good. to hop on the roster. So when you hear someone's on the COVID IL, it may not be a positive test. It could be something else. So interestingly, the Blue Jays in particular said that they're spacing out vaccines to their players because one of their guys had to go on the, the IL because of you know, nausea, other things that happen after, you know, for side effects. I'm like, okay, we want everybody vaccinated, but we can't lose our whole team at one time. Yeah. So they're actually <laughs> planning carefully to, to space these out. I'm finding it interesting that a lot of teams are getting vaccinated in other states. Like, I can't remember if it was the Cardinals who, or somebody got vaccinated when they landed in Cincinnati. So I don't know if it's because they're in a state that has, you know, a wider um, eligibility or wider availability or what it is, but you know, it's not necessarily 
that the players don't want vaccines, it could be availability. But mm. it's also players making choices that I, I can I speak for us and say we don't approve of these choices for people who don't want vaccines for players. Absolutely. Who, okay. Yeah. So the Mets were pretty upset that a bunch of their players said, and um, I quote, it's a personal decision whether I tell you if I'm getting a vaccine or not. And they're like, screw this. You're all sitting down in front of the Zoom call with this doctor who's going to talk to you for an hour and answer all of your questions about vaccines because we can't make you take the vaccine. But we really want to make sure you are not like up to your eyeballs in conspiracy theories or whatnot. That's so, so good. I don't know if you know what's come out of that. I think we mentioned last week that once teams reach 85% of um, vaccination level among their players, the whole tier one, so players, coaches, the whole tier one staff, then the restrictions, then the protocols loosen a little bit. They can hang out together like we did today at a ballpark because we're both fully vaccinated. Um, so uh, it, it's, it, it's a good motivator. There are people who are, in fact, full-on wingnuts who see that as, like, oppression and taking away free will. Like Eric Sogard, who I've always enjoyed, yeah. his wife flew off the handle about how they're, they're you know, um, she didn't say bribe so much, but it was like, you know, you can't make your, you're not an adult. You can't make your own decisions about who to be with or who to hang out with. So we're going to, like, you know, make you get this vac vaccine so that you can do this stuff. Like, well, that's not quite right. You know, you got to be safe. And then it was pointed out to me that um, one of the wingnuts was my closer on the Cleveland team. Karen Jack apparently Ouch. posted some whack stuff, like throwing in the bizarre. word Nazis with, you know, forced vaccinations and all of this. So I promptly dropped him and pick, picked up um, Nick Wickren, who immediately got me a save. So, um, oh, nice. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, Karen Jack's really good. And apparently he's also really whack. So you're out, buddy. You're on the never going to be a boyfriend list. And Nick Wickren is in. Please, Nick Wickren, don't say anything stupid because I need a, I need to close her. <laughs> yeah, we're counting on you. All right. Well, I'm glad that you you saved your saves. Yeah, for sure. And on on happy COVID news, we've been I just we've been tracing Eduardo Rodriguez from the Red Sox. Gonna pitch, not gonna pitch, gonna pitch. And he um, he. Finally got to pitch Thursday night, I believe, here in Baltimore, and he got his first win. So it wasn't a perfect one. He did uh, give up what, three three runs and four hits, but made it five innings, which is better than I've seen a lot of games recently and with seven strikeouts. So I think that it's just it's good. He got back in. He's doing all right. I have a lot of high hopes for for Erod for this season, and he did it the day after his 28th birthday, so he's still a baby. He's got lots of time. Oh, and I should have said this before when you were talking about the rings for um, L.A., that David Price, who we know took 2020 off because he didn't feel safe with, with COVID. He has a lovely family, and he made his own informed decision and he gets a ring because he's on the team, but he wasn't pitching. So what do you do? And he's doing the perfect right thing, which is to donate it to the Players Alliance. So hopefully they'll get some big bucks for that. Um, and the, the my favorite ring pick, though, the guy with his ring is Joe Kelly did a pouty face picture <laughs> with his ring from that famous moment. Uh, yeah. So that's what I got. I like it. I like it so much. And it's really very impressive. So yeah, David Price's ring is going to be auctioned off and hopefully a boatload of money. It's going to a very, very good cause. Love it. 
Um, police blotter has a lot of things. And I think we probably could have included the pickpocketing had we thought about it. Oh, right. Shoot. <laughs> That's Screwed okay. That That's okay. Those are active boyfriends. Active boyfriends. Okay. So we got four things. Four things. One is you may have heard about the Mets, quote, walk off, which was a bad freaking call. So kudos to Ron Culpa for having a mea culpa and actually admitting <laughs> that he was wrong because here's what happened. Michael Conforto, you know, just didn't move out of the box when when a when a strike was thrown and allowed himself to get hit with the bases loaded, which was a walk off, you know, walk basically. Mm-hmm. Got the winning, got the winning run. And the thing is, it was a strike. It wasn't, you know, throwing behind somebody or too low or too high or you know, too inside or whatever it was. It was a strike and he should have moved and he didn't. Interestingly, the only thing that you can review is if a player was hit by a pitch. You cannot review strike and ball calls. So the problem wasn't that he was hit. The problem was that it was a strike and should have been called a strike. Therefore, not a hit by pitch. Therefore, he would not have gotten the base. But that was the part that was not reviewable, whether or not it was a strike. Wow. Yeah. Because if he was just hit by a pitch, but it was a ball, then absolutely he takes his base and that walks in a run. But the strike would have counted as a strike. He would have been out. Boom. Not a walk-off win for the Mets. That was a very Mets situation there. And um, if he was in the CPBL, would he be sent down to the minors to umpire down there for a while until he got it back together? Or would the apology have, um, you know, been enough? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. um, We had, we had tacos at the, uh, at the ballpark. Oh, they were so good. Yeah. Technically I had nachos, but you know, same kind of thing here. And we've got a taco report in the police blotter, the Fresno Grizzlies, who used to be uh, a Nationals affiliate, uh, but are no longer. In 2019, they sponsored an amateur taco eating contest. Therefore, no professional taco eaters were invited. (laughs) It was an amateur taco eating contest. And actually, that's kind of the problem. Because for professional eating contest participants, they train for this. Right? They train for this. Okay, I know. It's disgusting. It's awful. But it's a thing. All right. So Dana Hutchings, age 41 at the time, died, died in 2019, participating in this contest because apparently he choked. He choked Mm. and they were unable to save him. His son has is suing the, the Grizzlies, the organizers of this contest, saying that they did not inform participants of the dangers, which, you know, I want to say, come on, you're shoving a lot of food in your mouth. You should know better. But also. There was no medical team on hand, and that is bad. Somebody must have known the Heimlich. Like it's somebody, somebody in the in the crowd. If he's choking, I must have been must have been more intense than that. Um, they also said, noted that no one advised participants not to drink alcohol before the contest. I mean, I kind of think that no <laughs> one would do this contest unless right? they were drinking alcohol. So anyway, absolutely. So, yeah. So that that. This case just showed up. It's, you know, finally moving forward. So we'll keep you posted on the Grizzly Tacos. Can I just say Bowers Balls? Because it's fun to say Bowers Balls. You know, I I generally don't like talking about this guy. But in this case, 
we can talking about his balls is okay with me. Yeah. I'm going to say sticky balls too. Are you going to be okay with that? Or are you going to spit I, totally, out the totally. No, no, no. Sticky balls are fine. And I've, I have a quote to add to it. So go for it. Okay. All right. So we talked a couple weeks ago about um, the hall monitors that major league baseball is putting in dugouts and um, bullpens and around the ballpark to watch out for things that are not allowed. And as you know, that pitchers are not allowed to apply foreign substances to baseballs to, um, you know, to help with grip or spin rate or any of those things. And one of the things that they can do either um, randomly or at an umpire's request is they can collect baseballs from a particular pitcher that have been used in the game and send them off to be investigated. And this is what happened to Trevor Bauer from Wednesday's game, last Wednesday's game versus the A's. They collected multiple balls for inspection they said they had the balls had visible markings or were clearly sticky now here's the issue the issue is major league baseball apparently according to sources familiar with the subject they have been collecting multiple balls from multiple games all along but Hmm. and not singling out who the pitcher is but trevor bauer's name got leaked and now he's the poster boy. And you brought this up when we were first talking about the hall monitors was like, is, is this because he was so vocal about this? And that clearly feels like what's happening. And Dave Roberts, his manager, said he's totally getting singled out. And they're not yeah. supposed to, you know, drop names, they're supposed to investigate and then, you know, pursue consequences if they're deserved. Um Major League Baseball said that this season, or at least the beginning of the season, it's only information gathering. I think they're trying to figure out what can we learn by collecting both randomly and also if like an umpire or a hall monitor says, hey, I think there's a problem here. What are we going to learn about like widespread use of these various substances or whatever? So probably there won't be consequences. But still, if they're supposed to be confidential, it was pretty unfair to single out Trevor Bauer, but it did allow us to say, Bowers balls. Yeah. Yeah. And actually there's, there's a quote from the Houston Astros owner, Jim Crane, that was printed in the, or the New York post tweeted it. And he said, we need to know what was on Trevor Bowers balls and we need to know now. So he really wants to know about Trevor Bowers balls. I think, and and I'm trying to think, I've seen like some other reactions to it. His manager, Rachel Luba basically tweeted, this is not an issue. It's nothing's going to happen. So she's totally deflecting it. He, I believe, made a little video basically, you know, saying that it's unjust, that it's focused on me. And I and I totally don't remember because I don't like to listen to him that much. But there was a little video that reaction that he had. And honestly, you know, he's really putting a spotlight on himself. He's trying really hard to, you know, to, to get attention, to, to market himself, because he's saying that that's what MLB doesn't do, that they're not marketing players. So he's working really hard on it. So I think because he has such a spotlight, he's going to be getting that attention. And he's an asshole too. But besides that. I do hold by the fact that it, it is unfair that if they have been collecting baseballs from a variety of pitchers, that they're yeah. only talking about Trevor Bauer. I don't think that's cool. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. It's just so hard. Like, and there are so many things that he says that I do agree with. It's just so hard to sympathize with them because there's so much. Yeah. uh, And and honestly, this just really goes to his point all along, which is you're not enforcing these rules and you're not enforcing. And if you do it, it's a random thing. It's not, you know, so 
what are you doing? Why are we even talking about this if it's not going to be, you know, a real, a real thing, a real policy? Yep. So, you know, that he's not wrong about that. I got to say he's not wrong about that. The last thing, the police blotter, <clears throat> I just want to say, because it makes me happy, the Yankees have optioned um, Domingo Herman to the alternate site. So see ya, buddy, at least for a while. Yep. I hope his stay there is long and not so fruitful. <laughs> On on the happier note, though, there is a fantastic article, but by in the MLB article stuff, there's a link. Article stuff. There's a link in our show notes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm at the end of the margarita. Yes, and so you should definitely read this article, and it's focused on how girls and women's baseball is expanding. Really, hugely credit to Justine Siegel, who we talked to probably over a year ago at this point, but look back in our old episodes for our interview with this amazing woman, she went out and contacted a shit ton of colleges to get them to promise to, to commit to allow women to try out. And I'm thinking, what's the big deal? Like, of course schools should, I mean, theoretically be able to allow all be allowing women to try out, but she got 130 specific ones to promise. And it comes back to her own story because when she went to college, apparently she went somewhere where the team was supposed to be sort of like open. Anybody can come on and they didn't have a uniform for her. That was their excuse. So it's sort of like for her own, you know, from her own experience, she's and because shit happens, realizing that getting these schools to promise on paper or on whatever Twitter or wherever they're promising. On record. record. Yeah. To let women try out is a big deal, including a couple of Division One schools, be uh, Boston College, University of Arizona. And the other thing that she's been doing is getting schools to have club baseball for women. And that's being built up too. So the whole idea of building, you know, focusing on girls, the way that she's done baseball for all that started in 2015 with, I think it's just like a dozen teams and it's quadrupled or quintupled since then. And so to get girls baseball booming and then to focus on the college level, and hopefully this is going to lead into actual women's professional baseball league in this country. We should be able to do it. They can do it in Puerto Rico, which is part of this country. We should be able to do it <laughs> in, in other places. The country. <laughs> Damn, you would yeah, think. Building that structure is the way to do it because right now girls have opportunities to play baseball in a lot of places where they didn't, largely because of Justine and others. Yeah. But then where do they go? So I'm thrilled that she is really pushing the next level up to find a way to make room for these girls as they become women who play baseball. Yeah, it makes so much sense because she's been, you know, training them all the way through. So if you've got this girl, this group of girls, give them the next level. And then those young women are going to need the next level. So it's happening elsewhere in the world. So I'll go elsewhere in the world just super quick. Uh, CPBL, Unilions, were in first for a hot minute. And now they're not. This is the team that I chose that won the Taiwan series last uh, last year, for those of you who have not been paying attention. But there are only five teams in the CPBL, and four of them are just super tight. And then the last time I looked, the Lions were in fourth place, but they had just been in first place. So it's that it's like an AL East kind of situation. Things are moving around. But their exciting news is they brought up this 19-year-old prospect this weekend, Lin Su Hao, who went... Four for four in his debut 
including a home run five RBI and the youngest player to do both of those. And I would imagine like debut for sure. And shout out to Unilions Tom for, for that information. So keep watching Brexit's baseball. It's a lot of fun. It really is. In the KBO, Shinsu Chu, who have been talking about a couple times, who you know we we last saw with the Rangers in MLB. He was an All Star, 2020. He gave a lot of money to minor leaguers, and he is playing in the KBO this year for the Landers, who used to be the Wyverns. Now they went from W to L, but. You know, go back to a couple episodes ago for that story. He started off really struggling, 0 for 10. You know, I don't know. I think no matter who you are, getting used to a new league, a new time, but he got his first home run this past Thursday. So I like to cheer on uh, Shinsu Chu, especially because you know that he's a nice guy for giving all that money to the minor leaguers last year. Finally, if you don't have enough baseball in your lives, the Spanish Baseball League began yesterday for us. So that's uh, April 10th. And they have 12 teams. And it's streaming. And it's basic. You know, it's definitely basic. But it's streaming free on YouTube. And it's kind of fun. So watch some Spanish baseball for any time between now and August. And probably learn some vocabulary words, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there's the whole Latin American Spanish versus Spain Spanish. I've got to watch a lot to just like expand. Yes. So what has been expanding is our uh, <laughs> our fantasy boyfriend baseball <laughs> league. And can I just say that um, other than Potty Mouth, who's a total spoiler this week, it's still all our newbies way at the top. We have a new leader, Hot Mess Baseball Mom, Diane, is taking the lead and the dark horse, Potty Mouth's Posse, is Woo-hoo. number two. Yeah. Thank you, Great. Joe Musgrove. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Followed by Glenn, Karen, and Brian, and Marla, all before you get to me. And then, you know, our regulars after that. But, oh, my God, look at these newbies. That's funny. The newbies all on top. And I want to give a special shout out to Marla, which I, I meant to do last week to thank her for sponsoring us on Patreon. And for anybody else who wants to sponsor us on Patreon, you're going to have to check the link in the show notes because I didn't write down the whole thing, but I'm sure we can get that into the show notes. And, and we welcome sponsors. El Jefe would be very happy to have some more. Yes. Thank you for those who already contribute to help us make this go from week to week. I promise we don't spend it on beer. That's our own darn money. Mm, Yep. 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 Hey, so I'm very excited that this week I'm going to another baseball game and we're going to do some shopping for nationals tickets because nationals just opened up to 25% capacity. So we're going to plan for going to more baseball games. Oh, the just the feeling, I don't know, it's that that thought of going on Metro to a Nats game sounds so weird, but so doable now, right? We can do that. The, the world is a better place. The world is a better yeah. place now. We're, we're getting, we're going the right direction. Yeah. Get vaccinated, people. Yes, please. Yes, please get vaccinated. Hey, so if you are not yet going to baseball games, but need to get more baseball into your life and watching it isn't enough, or if you're suffering from blackouts, feel free to listen to some past episodes of our show and get all caught up. And please tell your friends about us if you think they'd like to listen to us talk about baseball. Find us on social media. Yeah, if I'm not suffering from a blackout, I will be answering your tweets. (laughs) You can can find us at NCIB Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at No Crying in B-Ball. 
most excellent. We love to hear from you. And please, please get your vaccines as soon as it's your turn. Wear your masks, wash your hands, watch your distance, and please fight the man. And until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. Stop making me look at your chest. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.